so you guys know that over the last year and a half, the Liberal Party, uh, quote, took on debt so Canadians wouldn't have to. Oh, that's good. They, they put billions of dollars into, uh, you know, CERB, job loss, profit decline, uh, rent payments. This is all COVID-related stuff. So the spring budget is projecting the deficit to sit at $354.2 billion for the year just that just ended. If reelected, they're planning to extend most COVID benefits into the fall, including rent and wage subsidies for businesses and the benefits that support Canadians out of work or sick due to the virus. And I, I just keep looking at this and I just keep seeing the words into the fall. Yeah. Wow. I think into about, September. Yeah. And I think about the date right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's really hard to take this seriously in any way. Mm. Yeah, what kind of promise is that? If you elect us uh, a month from now, <laughs> but we can only guarantee a month from now, then you're on there your own There will again. be weeks of plenty. <laughs> yeah, it like reminds me of the O'Toole, like, a, like the month of no GST. It's like it doesn't really mean anything in the long run. Yeah, it's, the, it's purely just a... Again, it, I don't know if it's, if it's cynical or if they're just kind of out of ideas and just being like, I don't know. What if we made it last till autumn? What then? Well, and then this is this is a thing about calling an election right now. It's like things are, you know, not to defend that ridiculous promise, but like things are very uncertain and unpredictable in what is going to happen. I mean, we're like seeing the the Delta variant and all this stuff, and it's like we really don't know what the next couple of years well, will look like. Well, Raina, so why would you do it now? Well, Raina, they uh, you know they seem pretty certain about what oh, okay. what's going to happen next year because the other part of this jobs policy is for them to pay seventy five percent of rent and income uh, expenses for qualifying qualifying businesses in the tourism sector between September and May twenty twenty two. Okay, so oh, yeah, I guess if you're impact so if i we're going to be doing a lot of tourism between now and 2022 uh i like that oh, yeah. they're just paying the rents as well like yeah gotta maintain that landlord tenant relationship uh, yeah. as well can't have our can't have our precious commercial landlords look when you t make an investment there's not supposed to be any risk right and that's yeah, yeah no that's that's the whole thing yeah should just be guaranteed income yeah, it's, forever yeah, exactly if you're a landlord like you can't have risk you know or else you know, well, we all know why you can't have risk, you know, because that would be mm -hmm. bad. Um, so we're going to make sure, yeah, we, we, we keep those landlords afloat. Uh, we would never, for example, want to say, I don't know, dumping a bunch of federal money into something means that, say, there's a public stake in it, for example. No, we're just going to keep paying the rents. Yeah. For tourists. Yeah. For so tourists. They come. Mm -hmm. For the tourists. Yeah, not industry. for the people who uh, live here and can't pay rent or... Mm -hmm. People who don't even have a place to pay rent on. Well, it's, it's not going to help them. But the tourism industry, which is a sure bet uh, in 2022, where nothing could yeah. po possibly go wrong. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people when they, you know, I talk to a lot of people who say, as soon as I can travel again, first place I'm going, Canada. Sunny yeah, Canada. Totally. <laughs> Sunny, wonderful Canada in the spring. I, mean, I love it. bucket list. You, you kind of understand the logic here, right? Which is if they're, if they're concerned that like, travel, like, the travel industry is not going to go well, they're basically going to prop it up so it doesn't collapse, but they're sort of propping it up in such a way that it also won't change at all. None of the dynamics will shift. Nothing. They're just keeping it basically like, don't worry, the federal government will more or less keep the tourism industry in stasis 
for the next two years. Please yes. don't change anything in response yeah. to the massive global like uh, 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 sort of catastrophe that has occurred. Do not adapt. Don't worry. We will make it. We will keep. We will make sure that Canadian small business owners in the tourism industry continue to live in a, sm- a soft play area with no yes. har- sharp edges. We are freezing time. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, like, like, wait, we're, pre- some- we're pressing the big fucking pause button. And like, yeah, and people who work in the in the tourism industry do need to be supported, but supporting mm-hmm. them by like. The government just freezing their relationship with their employer and their employer's relationship with their landlord basically just means that everything that was bad about it will continue to be bad later. Like nothing will have changed. The relationship moves on completely sort of static. It's like pausing the game after you've missed the jump, but before you fall and die. You know? Yeah. Hey, like, like, still man, unbeaten this, in this, Super this, Mario. Yeah, Mario is Mario is forever missing the jump. He is forever uh, <laughs> just one pixel above the pit of spikes, you know, and that's fine. We like it that way. He's still alive, technically. If he's yeah, yeah, just, it's just not yeah. moving. Um, yeah. So healthcare, uh, they have been hinting, like the like the NDP have been hinting at a pharmacare p- plan, but the details of that plan are suspiciously absent from their platform. Mm. Doesn't mm. look like it's right. going to happen. Um, one interesting thing I saw in there is something we've covered on the show already that kind of terrified me, but it was um, in in the context we talked about it, it was uh, confined to New Brunswick, I guess, mm. which is... Oh, they're expanding Irving control. Yeah, totally. No, they're going to they're gonna expand telehealth. Oh, is that like when you... That's like when you call... A doctor on the phone and that's that's when you have a zoom instead of going to the doctor instead of going to the doctor so if you live in a not toronto or a medium-sized city um you can probably you know i think i think if this is the new brunswick model i think it's like you just forget about having a local doctor because uh you oh, get the new, get newfoundland and labrador model new, yeah, yeah newfoundland and labrador yeah. sorry uh but yeah you just get in you you get on a zoom call mm-hmm. and uh and you get diagnosed yeah Again, uh, yeah, being like, "Hey, what if we replaced uh, public our, this public service with a cardboard cutout of a public service that sort of looks yeah. like it?" You know, um, take a while for people to figure out that it's not real. <laughs> well, it's 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 something that happens in the UK a lot as well, right? Where you have a public service, but where much of that public where all the good that public service does is outside of its official role. Like the official role of a GP in the UK, for example, is as a gatekeeper for other treatment, right? Right. And so the GP can per- basically performs an, a, an administrative role that interacts with the system in a meaningful way and then a non-administrative role that interacts with you in a meaningful way. But something like telehealth, like there, and sure, there's a place for telehealth, obviously. Um, but imagining that you can like use telehealth to replace actual doctors it's just like saying, "Hey, what we've look, all that exists is the administ- is the is the representation of the thing. Uh, all that exists is these administrative relationships. What we've done is made these administrative relationships more or less one hundred percent of what's going on. So the uh, real relationship, for example, that you have with your doctor, which wasn't something that the state could administer, uh, that is now uh, we've right sized that. So we're, it's now a, it's now a phone call." Because that is what we we've reduced the role of this actual thing to something that we can administer, right? 
and so it's classic liberals. To me, this is just no no different than the the type of erosion that it's just a different type of erosion. Uh, you know, not unlike O'Toole is doing with uh, public private healthcare. You know, like like introducing private healthcare as a way of eroding public healthcare. Mm. This telehealth, it just seems like a like a technocratic way of doing the same thing. Yeah, well, because we, yeah. we could never reverse the erosion that's already taken place, and the only thing we can do is more erosion to hope that maybe somehow uh, Carpa will come along. We can yeah. erode ourselves right back to the <laughs> beginning. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Look, listen. If you dig, if you dig a hole and you dig hard enough and long enough, eventually you pop back up in the same place you started digging, and that's science, baby. That's a fact. <laughs> to bring it back to your video game metaphor, it's like on old games when you'd run over through one side and just pop up on the other end. Hell yeah, you're clipping through one side of the screen, you're coming up the other side of the screen, you've got full health, full steam ahead. (laughs) Private healthcare in Canada, any percent speed run. That's what we're doing. Good Lord. I mean, again, if you want to talk about like, just just an abject set of promises, just an unserious abject set of promises, just like, yeah, we're going to fix the fucking healthcare system with some Zoom calls. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's not, uh, it's a lot of, it's a lot of thin soup for a lot of the rest of this platform. I mean, just briefly foreign policy. Um, there's, there's talk about uh, providing funds for the country's international COVID response, um, humanitarian ex- assistance. Uh, there's weirdly, uh, oh, and accelerate purchasing shares of the African Development Bank uh, by five years. But there's no real details on like like the important sort of material stuff that we're involved with, such as you know our troop deployment in Ukraine and the fact that uh, I think any day now Latvia and Estonia are going to be asking Canada to uh, sell them missile systems. 